I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. <laughs> and, and that's, that's Grayson. Grayson. And this is Autism Building the Puzzle. One piece at a time. Hi, and welcome to Autism Building the Puzzle, one piece at a time. My name is Sean. I'm your co uh, your host for the day. <laughs> this is my wonderful wife sitting next to me. Hi, guys. Alexandria. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about stimming. Yes. Uh, Self-stimulating behavior for children with autism. Um, so we're very familiar with this uh, mm -hmm. subject because Grayson is definitely... Uh, very much into stimming, all yes. different types. So, yes. And we'll talk a little bit about some of the stuff he does Yes. You know, a little bit later in the episode. But to start off with, let's talk just a little bit about what stimming is. So, Alex, why don't you uh, tell the audience a little bit about what stimming is? You got is. it. You got it. So, repetitive stimming is repetitive body movements or repetitive movements of objects, uh, referred to as self-stimulatory behavior or stimming. Um this type of behavior is common in autistic children and those with developmental delays or challenges. Uh, it can include the use of senses, visual, sound, smell, taste, balance, and movement. Yeah, basically any... A wide array yeah. of things. So. Yeah, basically any type of sense, any type of sense you have. So yes. Touch, smell, taste, hear, right. uh, all the above. So. Right. Um, now, why does this happen? Why do kids uh, have self-stimulating behaviors? It's basically a coping mechanism to regulate the child's nervous system. Mm -hmm. uh, so they need some of that input in order to just regulate themselves, to feel normal. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people have some sort of stimulated behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people need to tap their fingers or Bite their nails. Bite their nails. Those twirl are your all, hair is yeah. another stim. So those are all types of, you know, stimming behaviors. Yeah. You know, even for non-autistic people. So yes. it's quite common. It's just a lot more prevalent um, with kids with autism. So. Yeah, even like, for instance, like headbanging. Neurotypical kids do that all the time. You do not have to be autistic to headbang. Um, so that's another common one. Uh, it also, sometimes they also stim to calm their anxiety to understand their bodies, to regulate their focus. I know with ABA, a lot of times we have to kind of throw Grayson upside down every couple trials we run to try to get him regulated. Yeah. Um, another thing is sometimes these children can't handle their emotions and they're just overwhelmed, so they stem to kind of regulate, regulate that and that calm emotion. themselves. Yeah. Um, and a lot of kids like it because it feels good. You'll notice kids, even neurotypical, will spin and spin and spin. They love that feeling of spinning. It's almost like a high to them, they describe yeah. it as. Um, so, yeah, again, neurotypical kids can do this too. I'm a nail biter, so I guess I stim. There's women that twirl their hair. They stim. I so we all have our things. I, I'm tapping my leg right now. As yes, we speak, yes. So. <laughs> I and if you notice, every time we do a podcast, I have to have a pen in my hands. Like, I just said to Sean, like, are you using that pen? I need that pen. And even like a couple days Nervous ago when energy, we were recording, I yeah, I have to, like I'd have to be holding something. Even when we go out, a lot of times yeah. I'm like, you're like, leave your pocketbook in the car. I'm like, no, I need it because I need to carry something. Like. I don't want to, like, what do you do with your hands? You just, like, walk up and just stand there with your hands next to your side? Like, I need my purse. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody has their quirks. So, 
on to some of the different types of mm-hmm. uh, stimulating behavior. We'll talk about auditory stims first. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's using the person's sense of hearing and sound. Uh, some of the examples would be uh, vocal sounds such as humming, mm-hmm. grunting, high-pitched screeching, um, screeching. Yes. Um, and Grayson definitely <laughs> does a lot of humming. Yeah, and a lot of high-pitched screaming. That yep. high-pitched screaming, again, another auditory stem. Yep. Uh, a lot of them will finger snap. They will tap on objects, cover their ears a lot. Yes. Uh, you know, another one, like, a lot of times Grayson, when he's overstimulated, will cover his ears. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know when he's covering his ears because he doesn't want to listen to you. Or it's too loud. <laughs> or if it's too loud. Yeah, so. like, if he's in therapy and we're like, good job, he's like, we're like, okay, good job. <laughs> like, you can't say it too loud yeah. because then what will happen is if it's too loud he won't do what he just did that you want him to do that yeah. he did a good job on he won't do that I again because he doesn't want to hear you do that again yeah so that can have an effect so for the kids that are verbal mm-hmm. some of their uh stimulating auditory behaviors would be repetitive speech so it's like similar to echolalia type yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, repeating song lyrics and just repeating the same thing over and over again. The same again. book sentences from their favorite book over and over again or movie yeah. lines or, or things like that. Yeah. It shouldn't I think it's alarming when it becomes repetitive. It should not be repetitive. A lot of times I'll hear children like dog, 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 dog over and over. That is repetitive. Um, that is That's some, a concern. Some yeah. sort of stimulating behavior. Yeah, that. absolutely. So next we have uh, tactile stimming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be the use of a person's sense of touch, so how things feel. Like Grayson touching your Yeah, beard. Grayson touches <laughs> my beard. He rubs his face against it. He loves it. it. I don't know how he handles it all the time. It's like Sometimes his cheeks get all red for yeah. rubbing against my facial hair. I mean, even, yeah. even his ABA therapist has a really short uh, shaved head. Yes. And when it's like just growing out, just a tad bit, Grayson absolutely he loves like it. Rubs he his rubs head. it constantly. Every night you'll see yeah. Grayson hugging Sean and he's like touching the back of his head, like scratching on. Yeah, he loves the feel of like hair yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah he loves that. Uh, so they like to touch different texture items. Uh, finger tapping is another example. Another thing Grayson does. Yeah, some of the negative stuff might be they like to rub certain things. Um, you know, they might pick at stuff on their skin, scratch their skin, which obviously can be a little bit of a, you know, health concern. Yeah, Grayson so, has picked. And he's he done had that a cut before. And he picked it, I mean, over and over again. Whenever <clears throat> it would scab, he would just pick it and it got infected. And we had to get antibacterial. Yeah. Um, antibiotic cream, antibacterial. <laughs> oh, God, you hurt. can tell we're in the middle that of a pandemic. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a concern for Grayson because he does not feel pain. So he will literally, remember when we were down the shore on vacation, he just scraped his whole cut, like, raw to where kept, you could see the flesh. Yeah, like, and he kept ripping it and open. And he was just sitting there, like, ripping it open, again. and no no expression change, nothing. Didn't bother him at all. Yeah, yeah. So that's something, definitely, if you have that um, going on with your child, mm-hmm. if you notice that, make sure you check with your doctor, because that is one of the stims that can be concerning for the health of your child, so. Yeah, and stimming, you know, really is, it's not a negative thing. You don't want to stop it. As long as they're not hurting themselves or another child or person, then you try to kind of 
transition them into another item. Let's say, for instance, uh, they're biting a child. You get them a chew toy. It sounds ridiculous. It is kind of just like a dog toy almost. Um, I'll have to take a picture of it later for you guys, but it's a chew stick and it, it's rigid and it works really, really well and it stops that behavior from him chewing on his shirt and things yeah. like that. So stimming is can be a really positive thing and you never want to stop it just because they need that. I mean, I think they, uh, you can't really have them stop. They you can't, can't stop. You shouldn't. The only thing you can do is if there's something that's a health risk to them, a stim that's like a, you know unhealthy for them or yeah. for others, obviously, you want to do something to manage that, what you need to do is find another uh, stimming behavior to replace that one, one that's a lot more healthy for the child and for others. Yeah. So. Yeah. So the third type of uh, stimming behavior would be visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so staring at objects, gazing at objects, you know, such as ceiling fans. Grayson yeah. loves looking at ceiling fans. He's enamored by them. Yes. Anywhere we go where there's a ceiling fan, he's constantly he's like, looking up <laughs> the whole time. Um, another thing he does, moving his hands in front of his eyes. Yes, he'll he, take an object. And he'll, like, a flashcard, and he'll hold it over to the side of his face. Yeah. and over and over again. his head and look at it out of the corner of his eye. It's so cute. Something they call <laughs> side-eyeing. Yes. Um, hand flapping. All different sorts of hand flapping. He doesn't flap too much anymore. No. He used to flap a lot, and really he doesn't flap anymore. I, he does jump a lot. I never realized, actually, that hand flapping was considered a visual stone. Yeah, because I think it's the same as like an object. I thought it was more of a vestibular, like motion based. That would be spinning and things like that. So, yeah. Eye tracking is another example. Mm -hmm. And lining objects up, which is Mm -hmm. another very common thing that our children with autism. It's weird because Grayson never lined things up. And then he went through like, remember, like three weeks recently of like lining things up. Remember, you walk out and now you don't see it anymore. He just stopped. He only did it for like three weeks and then that was it. He doesn't ever line up really. Yeah, yeah. We'll be right back after a word from our show sponsors. Here at Building the Puzzle, we understand how difficult and challenging it can be for parents with autistic children that have communication delays. Well, if you're in New Jersey, you're in luck. The Speech Paradigm has you covered. They're helping children overcome speech challenges all across New Jersey. They offer both telehealth services as well as in-home therapy. Please reach out to them. You can uh, take a look on their website at www thespeechparadigm.com. You can reach out by phone at 732-203-5268. You can also find them both on Facebook and Instagram as well at The Speech Paradigm. We are also sponsored by Grayson and Company, uh, making homemade toys. They have everything from wooden homemade toys to sensory bins, sensory boards, all different kinds of toys for your children. Uh, they can be reached at grayson-company.myshopify.com as well as on Facebook and Instagram as well as Etsy. On Etsy, they can be found at Grayson and Company Toys. And now back to the show. So one of the biggest ones for Grayson is vestibular, which is the fourth type. A lot of vestibular input needed. Um, and that is really helpful for him during his therapy, even as like a reward reinforcer yeah. for his uh, ABA therapy and when he does stuff right. Yeah. So obviously rocking, spinning, jumping, pacing, mm-hmm. um, you know, all different things like that. So a lot of his reinforcer right now in ABA, we've been trying to move a little bit away from the iPad being the reinforcer to something yeah. else. So we found that that stimming, throwing him up in the air, spinning him around when he gets stuff right, 
Right. That's the stuff um, that motivates, that motivates him. him right now. And that's the stuff he needs to feel good and regulated. So It helps him focus and come back to the table after you know the trial and come back and do another yeah. trial again. So it's very helpful, and that's, again, why you don't want to stop it. Yeah. Because the, without that, he wouldn't be yeah. able to focus. The final category is olfactory or taste stimming. Mm -hmm. This is some stuff that we're not as familiar with because Grayson is not really... Uh, Obviously, he has some uh, feeding problems and food food problems, so he's not as big with uh, that kind of stuff. So no. that would be like sniffing. But there are a lot of children that suffer yeah. with that. Like, yeah. they have to smell things. They have to smell Before people. Before they eat them. Yep. Yeah. Smelling people is another one. Yeah, licking, which could licking also... Licking things, which um, is, could be dangerous. And absolutely. And I will say, like, a lot of autistic children don't understand, like, licking, for instance, if they're licking strangers, they don't understand personal space. Like... There's no, they have no boundary yeah. of their space. They don't understand their space or that person's space. So they're constantly like all over. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah. very common. So, and that's obviously, you know, something that could be on the border of uh, pica, I guess, if you get really, really extreme with it. Yeah. Uh, so just watch out for that because uh -huh. that could definitely be licking different things is obviously not. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you know, great. Yeah. <laughs> for kids so no could be a health issue so make sure if that's going on you talk to your doctor about that yeah you don't want them looking yeah. at something toxic so let me ask alex this question is stimming a problem only if it is harmful um again to another child or to your child other than that no you should not stop it um i have you know a lot of parents will do we've tried quiet hands but i have never wanted to stop it um you know, even like if Grayson's head banging, you just protect. Never would I say like, no, don't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because you don't want to do that. That's the wrong thing. You just yeah. want to protect and make sure that they're safe. And yeah. that's it. Like we said earlier, I think it's very important. It's something that they need to regulate their nervous system, obviously. Like yeah. we said. Yeah. So they do need some level of that. It, it's more... You know, as they get older, it's more important to just manage it right. and make sure they can get what they need at the appropriate time so it's not interfering with, you know, school, learning, or different things like that. You know, because obviously, if they're in the middle of and class, you don't want them say. standing up, jumping around, spinning in circles, and screaming. Yeah, I mean, but listen, <laughs> hey, if that's what um, happens, that's what happens. I mean, you, you know. know, but that's the one thing is it can also affect, like we just said, your child's attention to the outside world which in turn can affect your child's ability to learn and communicate with others. Yeah. So that's where if you do see stimming behavior, there are a few things such as number one, medical professional and ruling out other things. When Grayson would headbang, what we did was we made sure he didn't have a tumor. It's just like a dog, how they would describe it. If a dog has a tumor in the head, they push up against things to relieve that the pre pressure. The pressure against the outside of their head relieves right. the pressure on the inside. Of exactly. Head. So when Grayson first started headbanging and, you know, we couldn't get it under control, we thought, okay, is there a tumor in the brain? So we right away went down to CHOP. We had an MRI done. And you just want to rule out everything medical. Another thing that was is really helpful is exercise. Yeah. And that's just like vestibular input. They can refocus back to how they need to be. Um, that physical activity keeps them engaged. And then... And that might be a healthier way to help limit it when they're doing it, other activities. Exactly. Like school, exactly, stuff like that. Exactly, so. and bring back that stronger sense of focus. Another thing is speech therapy. 
um, experts explain that stimming is a form of communication. So, for example, if a child can't tell you that it's too noisy and they're just screaming back and forth, sometimes speech therapy can help with that for them to communicate with you, hey, it's too noisy, yeah. instead of just rocking back and forth, screaming. And I know when Grayson's going through a hard time, um, you know, we had like two, three weeks of him struggling, I'd say about a month or two ago, and he was kind of overstimulated. So yeah. what I did was TV goes off, no matter, you know, our mm. programming, TV goes off, blinds get shut, lights, lights go, go off, off because it's too much overstimulation. And I've always been a firm believer that with that, even since Grayson was a baby, you know, people would be like, oh, do you want to come over? Holidays, family parties. I'd be like, how many people are going to be there? And that was before I even knew Grayson was autistic because it's not good for any child to have that much going on all the time. Yeah, I think it's a little different, too. Like, uh, if you're, you know, the first ones at an event or he's at home and s people slowly start coming over. Yeah, if you're having... It's like a little different than him walking into a room of 50 people. Yeah, yeah. It's, that could be very overwhelming for him. And yeah. I'm sure it's overwhelming for, you know, a lot of people, you know, even non-autistic people, so... Yeah, I mean, and he's great going out, but we know wherever we go, no matter where it is, no matter what's going on, if we have to pack up and leave, we're packing up and leaving because we're not going to keep him in a situation that he physically cannot handle for our benefit yeah. and that's the one thing if you see your child struggling like that shut it down immediately yeah. take the loud noise away shut it down yeah so some some of the stimming behaviors could be due to an over mm -hmm. level of stim, uh, overstimulation so yeah yeah always remove the harmful triggers that they're having you have to put yourself in their situation and even like loud noises like some parents will get upset and yell it's that's not helping them. You have to keep your voice low, your face soft, and respond because that's not helping their anxiety if they're having a hard time. Yeah. I never yell at Gray for stuff like that. I try to assure him, come here, you know, because it's it's the best way yeah. to relieve that pressure from him, especially if he's having overwhelming emotions and he can't deal with it. The worst thing yeah. to do is have him think, well, I'm having this hard time and now my mom is just walking away or screaming at me. I'm not helping in the situation. Yeah. And I realized that a long time ago. Um, and that's yeah, and I when I started giving him. I mean, I think it's hard enough for, you know, adults to just, you know, or, you know, yeah. normal neurotypical kids to express their emotions sometimes that they're going through so I can only imagine yeah. if they're uh, they have heightened sen you know senses and heightened uh, stimulation and challenges with communication how difficult it could be yeah you know absolutely I mean? so yeah definitely uh, and so. you know even if the kids can communicate children at four they do not know how to recite and communicate their feelings they don't know how to relay yeah. that and tell you how they feel. Well, might and be, sometimes they don't even know how they feel, honestly. Yeah. It might be uh, a great time, actually, for the uh, emotion, um, the emotion yes. chart. Yes, yes, 100%. Um, you know, you can get them. There's a lot of places that sell them. You can them. make one yourself. Just the different emotions, you know, facial expressions that depict different emotions, and they can, you know, point to the ones that yeah. they're... Um, feeling and then it's got a like a thermo like a thermometer thing on it yeah show you how much <laughs> yeah they're feeling that emotion and things like that so that's something that would be a great tool yes uh to help with them you know learning their emotions and how to express them Absolutely. you know in a healthy way and help you guys help them you know what i mean yeah so you know if you guys have more questions about 
you know, stimming and things like that, definitely leave them in the comments. We're going to be doing a Q&A, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the next couple of weeks episode, uh, going over some of your guys' questions. So feel free to leave them in there so we can uh, add them to the list of questions we'll address. Yes. Um, do you have anything else to add? Uh, no, guys. Sure? Thanks, as always, for tuning in. You know, we have I'm, a great time. I'm, for those on video, I'm, I'm wearing uh, one of our sponsors' shirts today, the Speech Paradigm. So. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so. Beautiful looking shirt. Definitely. Great company. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, why don't you tell them where we can, they can find us? You guys can find us on Facebook. We have a page and a group. And on Instagram, under Building the Puzzle. And pretty soon our blog will be up and running. Yeah. Uh, buildingthepuzzle.com. Exciting. Yeah, super exciting. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is getting a little tough to manage now, you know. <laughs> oh, so. But so in the future we we'll be able to just say you can find us everywhere. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yes. So. At building the puzzle. <laughs> With that. For autism, building the puzzle one piece at a time. I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. Signing off. Take care, everybody.